Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the EdTech Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. As I've shared before, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. This week, I want you to think about something specific in relation to the way you use technology to be more efficient. What are some tools that you use on a daily basis to help make your life easier and to save you time? We all have them. But what are the tools for you? If you don't have the tools yet, I challenge you to ask your PLN or colleagues in school for the tools that they use and listen on here to learn more about the tools that I use to be more efficient and effective in my day-to-day work coming up soon. Please share what you've been exploring with me via social media. I look forward to hearing from you soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classroom and meeting rooms that I have worked in is GarageBand. Since I first started using Apple technology many, many years ago, GarageBand has always been a tool that interested me, but it was never anything more than something to play on and make me feel like I could play music when I was the most untalented musician around. Since then, I've discovered the depth of the tool as it continues to advance, change and grow to be more adaptable than ever before. As an Apple professional learning specialist, I get to work with schools from all over the world, rolling out one-to-one Apple device programs, Apple strategy, and Apple-based professional learning. And GarageBand is always at the top of my list due to its versatility and ease of use as a product. Recently, I've been so impressed with GarageBand that I adopted it for these podcasts you're listening to today. When choosing the tool I'd use for editing and putting these together, I needed something that was simple and easy to use because anything technical would have been thrown into my too hard basket. GarageBand was the perfect fit and I use it every week to create the audio podcast with ease. I drag and drop and trim and now I've even been learning how to edit the quality of conversations too. It's such a versatile tool that I wish I'd explored in more detail earlier when I was still in the classroom. I highly recommend you take a look at GarageBand by downloading the free app. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about how to best integrate technology and create partnerships with edtech companies. Do make sure you go back and take a listen. This week, I wanted to give you some advice and share my favorite tools for being efficient and staying on track, and in particular, how I save myself time by using tech tools. Time is something that as an educator I value. When I was in the classroom and in leadership roles in schools, there was just never enough hours in a day for me to be at my best and do the best for my learners. I did my best, as I know everyone listening today does the same, but most of the time I couldn't achieve 100% because there were just not enough hours in the day. Now with the advancement of technology and mobile devices to support me, I feel like I'm much more efficient than ever before, and I wanted to share the tools with you that I use every day, with the hope that it may ease the burden on your daily life as an educator and connected professional learning network member. Here are my five favorite tools for being an efficient, an effective educator. Number one, the Google suite of products. 
I'm a huge fan of the Google suite of products. If you're a Microsoft person, then imagine everything I'm talking about here, but with your chosen suite of products. What I love about Google is that they have a tool for everything, and to save me time, they sync across all my accounts and across my devices. So I can literally do anything, anywhere, at any time. Often to save me time at home, I edit a document on the run on public transport to ensure I have nothing to do at home and my time is dedicated to my family. Accessibility for a tool is critical and Google makes it easy. In particular, I love the calendar which makes it easy for me to stay on track, sync my events, connect with people and ensure I don't forget anything. If it's not in my calendar, it's not worth doing. To be more efficient, I need tools that work with me not against me, and they need to be easy to use. My most used Google Suite products are my calendar for staying on track and being on time, Google Docs for co-creation, editing on the go, and giving feedback to others, and Google Keep for my to-do list. Being free is also a massive win for me. If you're new to Google, or just didn't recognize one of the tools I talked about, go ahead and search for it. I'll put the links in the description below. You won't be disappointed. Number two, TweetDeck and HootSuite. As I am a regular contributor and connector in social channels, in particular Twitter, I use TweetDeck and HootSuite to help me be more efficient. When I'm planning for my What Is School Twitter chat, for example, I schedule my tweets within these tools to be sent out at a certain time during the course of the chat so that I can focus on the discussion rather than posting the questions and logistical messages. I often do the same for sharing my podcast links or any new articles or blogs I happen to write. It's a great way to be efficient and an easy way to save time. It's also free, which is always a bonus. You can learn more by visiting tweetdeck.com or hootsuite.com and sign up for a free account. Number three, Education Perfect. As I've mentioned on previous shows, Education Perfect, or EP for short, is a tool that I'm always happy to share because it's one of the best tools out there for teachers and students to use from all over the world. It's suitable for all curriculums in all countries, which makes it a go-to tool for me and my travels around the globe. As a teacher, it made my job easier and saved me valuable time because I could use thousands of pre-created and curriculum-aligned tasks and assessments to set my learning work ahead of time and push it to my students at a pre-scheduled time. The other huge benefits when it comes to efficiency with Education Perfect is the automatic marking of assessments. And if I choose to, I can even have students being assigned automatically next learning steps and activities based on how they went in the set assessment tasks that I set for them. A massive time saver for me in the differentiation of learning in my classroom. On top of all of this, the data analytics it provides me as a teacher or school leader make my job in differentiating learning and giving feedback to students and providing in-depth analysis to parents so easy. To learn more, visit bit.ly slash epvideos and sign up for a free trial. You won't be disappointed. The link is in the description below. Number four, Firefly Learning and other learning management system products. Learning management systems, or LMS, are designed to help you be more efficient and effective in the work you do as a teacher or leader. Many systems that I've worked with in schools, however, do the opposite. They add more stress, create pain points, and make more work for me as a teacher or leader. I've been lucky enough to be involved with using Firefly Learning in many schools I've worked in, both directly and indirectly in my role as a teacher, leader, and consultant, and I can't help but share how amazing they are. 
When I talk about efficiency here, I will refer to Firefly due to my positive experience, but if you have a great LMS, then insert your tool of choice here. Firefly allows for easy communication to parents and students. It allows you to easily post and share work, schedule tasks, create assessments, and so much more. Their native app is a game changer and always allows you to do what you need to do on the run, which is something that's very rare from an LMS company. They're actually currently launching all sorts of new additions to their product to improve this further as well. They've come so far in the last few years because they're listening to educators and bringing staff in that are experienced in schools from all over the world. If powerful tools like this can make a difference to my day, then I am all about it. If you want to learn more about Firefly, visit fireflylearning.com. The link is in the description below. Number five, Flipgrid. My final tool for efficiency is Flipgrid. I love Flipgrid and I've been an avid user of it as a teacher, leader and consultant since it came out. The reason I'm sharing this is because of the way it helps save me time through voice. As a busy person on the go every day, I very rarely have time to sit down, give written feedback and stay on top of my daily tasks. With Flipgrid's video and audio functionality, I can reply to videos, give feedback and create learning experiences anytime, anywhere and from any device. Their team is engaged in social media and is ready to jump out and help whenever I need it. And thousands of users from all over the world create and share activities and experiences that I don't need to reinvent the wheel. So it saves me valuable time and energy. You can check it out at flipgrid.com and of course download their app. The links are in the description below. I hope you enjoyed learning about the five tools I use to stay on top of my schedule, save myself time, and be more efficient and effective every day. I encourage you to follow the links in the description below and connect today. Let me know what tools and strategies you use to be more efficient and stay on track via social media. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Todd Nesloni. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Todd Nesloni. You might know him as at TechNinjaTodd on Twitter, with over 76,000 followers. Todd is the Director of Culture and Strategic Leadership at Texas Elementary Principals and Supervisors Association in the U.S. He has been recognized as the White House Champion of Change. He is a two-times TEDx speaker, and on top of all of this, he is a global keynote speaker and author. Todd, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? I sure am, Craig. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. Let's go. Why don't you start by describing your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah, so I was a teacher for seven years and then jumped straight out of the classroom to become a principal of a school and was there for the next five. And then in July of last year, I decided to take a new leap into my new role, which is the Director of Culture and Strategic Leadership at my state elementary principal organization. And so now I get to work with elementary principals and schools all over the state 
all the time, just kind of helping them reimagine what school can look like and kind of continue to build the culture on their campuses. What an exciting job you have, really, working with so many people and being able to engage in, in so many conversations and opportunities. What excites you about education today? You know, I think the biggest thing that excites me are the possibilities. I think there are so many things that we can constantly be looking at doing differently and doing better. And it's not always saying that what we're doing is bad at the moment, but I think education one of those unique jobs where we can always have some flexibility to try some different things. We get new kids every year, which changes the dynamic of of the way things work. And so that's what I just get most excited about is how can we continually make this place a better place for kids and adults to be at? In the introduction, I talked about the TEDx stage, and you've been lucky enough to do it twice now, and I think the audience would be really keen to learn a little bit more about it. So tell us a little bit about your experiences speaking on that stage. What preparation was required, and and how can others go about it? (laughs) So I have really bad stage anxiety, um, and I still get really nervous before every single presentation that I do. And so when I was asked to do my first TEDx, I was like, wow, this is a huge opportunity. Of course, I'm in. And then I realized, A, it's timed, and B, it was going to be live broadcast to the world. And so I started freaking out because I'm a talker. Like I can go all day long. And so when you put me to a time limit and I have to be timed to my slides, I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. I've got to figure this out. And then my mom was there and that was her first time to ever see me present. And so that added a whole nother level. And then knowing too, that if I messed up, it was recorded. And I couldn't go back and change it or edit it. And so that was very, very scary. Um, But it was also very, um, it was a big honor to be able to be up there on that stage. And I really had to stop and think about what my message was going to be and what I wanted to convey to such a broad audience of people. And so it just came back to me focusing on story and focusing on heart. Um, Because I believe that, you know, our stories are powerful. And the more that we tell of our stories, the more we draw people in. And that's, it's such an exciting thing. And I'm going to go back after this and, and take a look at it. I presume we can find these online. Yeah, they're, they're both on YouTube. So you can just search TEDx and my name and you'll find both of them on YouTube. Awesome. And we'll get these in the show notes as well. So when people click in here and, and have a listen, they'll be able to follow along and watch this afterwards as well, just like I'm going to do after this conversation. What's your best advice, Todd, for educators in relation to educational technology? You know, when it comes to technology, I think that you have to be really careful of, of what you're buying into. I always tell people when you when you see something flashy at a presentation or a conference, don't ever buy it until you've had time to try it. Um, I always ask pres- uh, companies to try out their products before I purchase them. But then when I do purchase them, I make sure the products that I'm buying are products that are ones that I really think that kids will use to create, not just consume information. If all they're doing is consuming information, we're never. what's the point? Yeah. And I love that. And I love creation over consumption because in the day-to-day life of a school, we already have so much consumption going on, consumption of knowledge, consumption of conversation. And I think that ability to make and create just just gets kids into that zone. And I think as a teacher, we need to place ourselves in that position as well to be able to make and create. Speaking of making and creating and conversations, what about professional learning networks for you, Todd? I mean, we've connected now on Twitter for some years and following your journey and what you've been able to do and achieve has been really exciting. And I've learned so much from you. 
tell us about your choice of professional learning networks. Where do you engage and who should we be connecting with? You know, it started for me on Twitter. Twitter was a great opportunity for me to connect with others. And, you know, I was kind of pushed into it <laughs> against my will by my my supervisor. But um I really fell in love with being able to not only consume my ideas on social media, but also to share my own. And that took a while for me to get to, to find my voice and to feel brave enough, like my ideas mattered. But once I got over that hump, then it was just a matter of me connecting with the right people and making sure the people I was connecting with aren't an echo chamber. I don't just want to find people who agree with everything that I say. I want to find people who are going to push me and challenge me and make me think about my biases and my own assumptions about things and really continue to grow myself. Um, now it's branched off into I connect with people on LinkedIn, I connect with people on Instagram, on Facebook, because a different type of educator, I feel like, is on each one of the platforms. And so I'm all about connecting and growing. And so I'm on each one of those platforms and I connect and grow in different ways with different people. So it just depends on where I'm at in the moment that I pull my phone up. <laughs> but um, Twitter's still my go-to number one because that's where I started. But I've really started to spend a lot more time on Instagram and really connecting with educators there lately. And in your role with elementary principals and supervisors, you must um, be using a whole bunch of ed tech tools to connect, engage, strategize, um, save time. What's an ed tech tool that you're currently love, loving the use of in your day-to-day -day work? Oh, there are so many tools that I love. Um, I think, you know, whether it's my job now or when I was a principal, my favorite tool to use with my staff was an uh, app called Voxer. It's like a boxer but with a V at the beginning, um, and it's free. Um, they have a paid version, which I pay for, um, but it is a free app as well, and it's a walkie-talkie type app. And so I don't like communicating solely through text because I feel – or email because I feel like – Things get lost with the tone of voice. And so I want to use my voice to speak, but I don't always feel comfortable giving everybody my phone number or I don't always, I can't always get my schedule to line up with theirs. So Voxer allows me to communicate with other people just by having their username. I don't need their phone number and I can send them a voice message, text message, video message, um, GIF, any of that whenever I have time. And then they can watch it and respond. But honestly, my favorite reason I love Voxer is I'm a fast talker and I'm also a fast listener. And so, you know, there's some people who, when they have a story to tell, it'll go on and on and on. And you're like, come on and get to the point. Well, I can just tell them, hey, Vox me that and I'll get back to you. And then when I listen to it in Voxer, I can speed their voice up to four times their normal speed. So though it may sound like a chipmunk, I get to listen to their story a lot quicker and it saves me some time. And on my commute to, to and from work, that's a great opportunity for me to go and respond to people all day long. And so when people reach out to me all the time and say, hey, Todd, can you tell us how you did this? Can you walk me through this? I say, well, you know, I really don't have time to write a six paragraph email but if you have Voxer, I'll gladly send you a quick Voxer message and explain to you how I did it. And so there were so many benefits to it, but that really was a game changer just because people could hear the tone in my voice and not misconstrue something through text. I've heard nothing but good things about Voxer, and I think you've sold me on it from that short um, description, Todd. You should be on uh, some sort of retainer agreement with Voxer because that's amazing. Todd, learning is important to all of us. Can you recommend to us one book or resource that you've been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us why we should be exploring it? 
So there's a lot of books that I really love. Um, I think that when I think about different books that have really had an impact on me, there's three that come to mind. Um, one of them is uh, Donalyn Miller's book, The Book Whisperer. And um, that was really just a powerful book for me to really understand what reading and reading instruction could really look like. And not being a reading teacher myself, but trying to educate myself on it, it blew my mind. Um, another book that just allowed me ideas on ways to focus on just little moments was a book called The Power of Moments. And it's by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, and we read that as a staff. And wow, there's just so many takeaways in there. Just understanding how powerful each little moment is and how we can take advantage of that. And then probably one of my all-time favorite books is called Being the Change, and it's by Sara Ahmed. Um, and it is a beautifully brilliant book for educators over how to have those difficult conversations in class, those ones that are needed culturally um, and historically, but that we sometimes have, a, have trouble figuring out how to do with our kids and make it meaningful. And so that book blew my mind, but that would have been my number one recommendation. They all sound fantastic. And I'll make sure those notes are, are in the show notes and the links to those books as well. Todd, on top of everything you do on a daily basis, you're also a published author of many books. Tell us about your books and what inspired you to write them. Yeah, so my first book was Kids Deserve It. I never thought I would be an author. I thought that, you know, just like with social media, I didn't know that I had a voice that mattered. Um, and I didn't know anybody would care about anything that I have to say. And it's still weird. It is still very weird when somebody will uh, reach out to me and say, hey, I read this in your book and it resonated with me. And I'm like, wow somebody actually read my book because, you know, even though I wrote it, I just think like nobody's reading it. Like it's not even really out there. It's just in my head. Um, but kids deserve it was my first and it, it did so well. My publisher came back and said, I'd love for you to write something else. And I said, well, you know, I want to write something that is unlike any other book out there. And that's where the idea of stories from web came up with. Um, and I worked at Webb Elementary. And so that book was written very similarly in style to Kids Deserve It, where it focuses on heart and instructional practices. But I wrote the book with my entire staff. So every single chapter features a little insert from each staff member, from the nurse to the secretary, to the custodians, to the teachers, to the instructional aides. Everybody's got a voice in that book. And that was one of the most that that's still my all-time favorite book I've written. My third book was Sparks in the Dark and that one was all about how to build a love of reading and writing in kids of all ages and adults because that's become a really big passion of mine recently in the last 5 or 6 years and so um I I really wanted to write a book that dove into that and so I wrote it with a secondary teacher friend of mine, a Travis Crowder who he covers a lot of great ideas for secondary and then I focus on the elementary and adults and then my first children's book came out in March. I published it myself. It's available worldwide on Amazon called Spruce and Lucy. Um, it's been a almost 15-year book in the making. Um, I hired a... Uh, illustrator out of Indonesia who did the beautiful illustrations for me. And it just, I'm so proud of that book. It came out just two months ago. And then my newest book with my buddy, Adam DeVico, who I do when kit, uh, who I do Get Your Lead On with, um, our new book comes out next month called When Kids Lead. And it's about building and growing 
leadership into kids of all ages and how all of us have a role in doing that in ways that we can easily make that happen. And so we're hoping it comes out on the same day as our Get Your Virtual Lead On conference on June 5th. Um, but we'll see if that date actually holds. With all the pandemic, Amazon is a little slower in accepting files and getting books up. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I don't honestly don't know how you find time to do all of this. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, in the show notes, you'll find the, all the links to the books as well. It's It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Todd. What's the best way for our listeners to follow and connect with you to follow up on some of the amazing things you've talked about today? You know what I would say is just you can go to toddnesloni.com. And if you don't know how to spell that, I mean, you can just Google it the best way you think. And I, there's not other people like me, so you'll find me. Um, but all my social media links are there, my blog, my resources, uh, my TEDxes are linked in there. So, I mean, if you that's just the best central hub to send people to start with, and then they connect with me however they feel most comfortable. Brilliant. We'll absolutely do that. Todd, thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Craig. Next week, join me for episode 22 of the EdTech Chat podcast when I'm joined by Michelle Moore. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully subscribing to the EdTech Chat podcast. Last week, I gave away two copies of Kristen Zemke's book, Read the World. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winners have already been contacted directly by me, and they are... Dineshwari Manaram Bukar and Stuart Maish. Congratulations to you both. This week, I'm giving away two copies of Todd Nesloni's book, When Kids Lead. To win the book, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to complete. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 30th of September and winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, smash that subscribe button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. Thank you so much for your support. Please remember to rate the podcast too, and share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to reach out with any questions you have. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast. Creating a community for educators to learn, share, and grow. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.